Welcome to Verbal Art, a podcast where we talk about artsy stuff in different locations. check the levels but honestly I think it looks okay I can just turn it up and down a bit so I think we have just started now yeah it seems so yeah the, right? ke- the kettle was the one to open <laughs> yeah exactly open the bowl so um hi and welcome to verbal art with me Senior Ram this is my podcast where I interview artists about their art on selected locations um today I'm here in Asbestos Gallery in Helsinki. This is the third episode I'm recording here. Um, and oh, I forgot to ask if you use an artist name. Uh, no, it's just my name. Is so is it? Uh, I can pronounce it. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm Kamila Sladowska. Ah, I would have it said it like that. Oh yeah, perfect. Your Polish pronunciation is really nice. I know about okay. four Polish sentences and. Uh, Yeah, those I know really well, and the rest, not nothing else. <laughs> That's a good beginning. <laughs> But it's enough to cur- to get some credit points with, uh, with a little bit of street credit with the Polish people. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm here with Kamila Sladowska. Uh, and do you want to maybe just introduce yourself first as an artist or person or however you want Yes, so I'm a visual artist, I would say, and my background is mostly based on painting. So what I do mostly is painting installations, and we will experience today one of them, uh, which I have prepared for Asbestos Art Space. And I come from Poland, from Warsaw, uh, from central Poland, and then I live in Helsinki. I'm based here since three years. So I work mostly artistically in Helsinki and also in some other places in Europe. Yeah. Nice. And um, we are starting in the kitchen today, which is nice because this is the third episode I have from this gallery. But so far we have not explored the kitchen. It's a quite small space, but the kitchen is like its own room. Um, so can you maybe just help the listener be here, like explain the room? Yes, so we have a kettle here, which we have heard just a moment ago, and we have some, uh, actually with some coriander and a sink over here, also some empty and full clubmate bottles. A lot of also, also, also <laughs> an empty bottle of Suplica Orzech uh, Laskowy, <laughs> the, uh, like, nut flavored vodka oh, which we have amazing. been drinking during the opening it was for the early birds oh and what is the most important we have a box with herbs over here and we just wanted to start our conversation from brewing herbs and then we will be drinking them over 
the time, so um, maybe uh, I can tell a bit. Yeah, did you bring all these herbs from Poland? Or? No, no, not really. I think none of them actually has been uh, forged in Poland, because the thing in Poland is that, um, or like, I live, or like, when I'm in Poland, my parents live in, like, in the metropolitan area, and I would say Poland is pretty polluted nowadays, mm. because of, first of all, like, because of the air pollution, which is related to bad policies on um, producing electricity, but then also uh, related to industrial pollutions and pollutions related to agriculture and usage of pesticides. So in order to forage kind of safe herbs, I mean, some people do forage them in the city, but since I live in Helsinki, I don't need to really uh, forage in Warsaw. I can do so it. So you, you uh, pick them here? Yeah, I pick them in Helsinki mostly. But actually, some of them are uh, from Slovenia. Mm. I don't know if I have... Uh, yeah, I have one of them, I think, from Slovenia. But yeah, they're mostly... Yeah, this one. And it, this one is Jasnota Purpurova. It's like Lamium Purpureum. Mostly, I'm, I'm sorry, I would not know all the names in... I know them in Polish, and I always, when I forage, I always do this kind of... Um, Can I see it? Which, no, tags with... Yeah, sure. Yeah, because I tried to read the tags before, but I, they are in <laughs> Polish. I don't understand. Yeah, and it's I, I write what they have, what kind of nutrition and what oh, kind the, of effects. properties. Yeah, what kind of properties they have, what how they affect on your organism. So, so what does this one do? I actually drink it mostly for when I have period. Mm. Or, um, yeah, like, yeah, for period, I would say, mostly. Or if I want to just, you know chill down a bit before sleep like in the summertime when there is like these long days mm. and I have issues with sleep then I use it so this one I've it's partially forged here in Helsinki and partially I started in Slovenia and kind of like I've been always gathering a bit of herbs but I've been going to cottage in Poland and like it's I think it's a common thing because like in Poland or also in the Baltics I have some friends from the Baltics and they also do know some something about herbs. There is quite them. a strong culture, I think, like in a lot of these countries also, as far as I know, Lithuania and Latvia and yeah. stuff. There's quite a strong culture for for herbal remedies. Mm. And, and um, if you buy herbs online, then often they are from from one of the Slavic countries, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, basically, I think it's... I think it's been everywhere because herbs have been part of our nutrition for quite a long time. And I feel like, I think we've stopped a bit in 20th century when a lot of like pharmaceutics appeared and which is of course good for us. But I think, um, especially when we live on the North, there is this issue of sustainability uh, of food that we have to import a lot of food. And mm. I think that herbs, they can give you some kind of some part of the nutrition in the winter time because you forage them when they grow and then I think it's a pretty sustainable then also because I've been having a bit of issues with health here like I've been sick quite much because I've been getting used to the climate and the changes of uh, light like sunlight mm. um, so yeah because of this my immunity was not the best and I've started to drink them. When I went to Slovenia, I actually had this click in my head that mm, 
Actually, if I could search, like if I could recognize herbs here in Slovenia, like there in Slovenia, which is a bit of a different ecosystem than in Poland, why don't I try in here in Finland? Because I've been a bit hesitant because it's a bit, it's a different ecosystem. Yeah. So I've been a bit worried to mistake or mm. you know but then I find I found my ways to and it's not that easy actually to mistake herbs when you start to research it more so yeah no but it's a bit like mushroom picking or something I mean a lot of the mushrooms are the same in many countries but then the risk of picking something wrong is still there if you don't really know what you're doing Yeah, that's actually true. Uh, but I think with plants, it's a bit a bit easier to recognize because with uh, mushrooms, you just have this mushroom growing, you know, mm. and you need to recognize just through the mushroom. And like when it comes to plants or like herbs, some of them are like you know they're bushes, so you can recognize them through the color of the wood. There's also the an leaves. app, or there might be yeah. several apps, but there are apps where you can like photograph the leaves and or whatever of plants and then the app will like recognize yeah. and give you the pages of what it looks like yeah definitely uh, so what I do I actually use those apps because I've been some of the herbs I, I've known and I've been just double checking that oh what can I mistake it with eventually mm. and then like because the spring comes here quite late mm. so I've been just walking going for a walk like to Vicky mostly And I've been just wondering, like looking, observing what's growing, what's blossoming. Mm -hmm. And then I think the first one I've uh, picked in Finland was this, um, sorry, I don't know the name in English or in no, Latin. No, it's okay. Uh, it's Czeremcha and it's actually pretty common in uh, in Poland. And like here, there's also a Facebook group actually that I belong to. It's like a Finnish group where people help each other to recognize or also post if they find something interesting mm -hmm. to pick. So I, I've actually posted this one there and people were a bit, some of the people were surprised. Some people knew that it's actually really healthy. Mm. Like the, because it's a bit like, it can be toxic if you forage the um, branches. Also the wrong part of the plant. Yeah, the wrong part of the plant. But if you, if you forage blossoms and young leaves, it's fine. And maybe let's also remember, like, and get back on track. So why is it that we are starting this art podcast with talking about all, all these <laughs> herbs? It's uh, it's a little bit uh, now I feel like we're going into the style of this when you find a recipe online and then they write like three pages of essay about their thoughts that month before they actually get to the baking recipe. <laughs> but, but so why is it that we are talking about the herbs? It has a purpose with the exhibition right yeah for sure because first of all uh, they have provided me quite a lot of inspiration for uh, for painting and in general I feel like art is always consistent like the creation you do is always consistent with your life experience so part like herbs and my relationship to herbs and how they affect my body have inspired me quite much for some of the paintings and for example this lamium, lamium purpureum Ooh, you just is part, threw a yeah, bit on I've, the floor <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, so some like this Lamium Purpureum appears on one of the paintings. Ah, uh, so maybe we can actually try this one. So, yeah, which one? What should we drink now for tea? That's a good question. It's it's a little bit cold, so maybe we could actually try with the um, the flower of lingonberry. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, nice. 
Yeah, Lincolnberry is a top favorite in Finland. It's a very bitter, sour little red berry that grows in the forest, similar to uh, blueberries. And um, they love it in Finland, this bitter, sour jam and stuff that you make from it. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually in Poland, it's been used, it's it's quite iconic in folklore to use it for making folklore necklaces. Oh, yeah? Yeah, mm. those like traditional and like in general decorations. Mm-hmm. Because they dry and they can resist quite a long time. Well, I like it. Like one of the other episodes I did here was about like a lot of Irish folklore with uh, this artist, Oh No Doubt. Um, so now we are like a little bit like a, like a cult set before we started recording that we were starting in the kitchen with this Polish witch doing like a herbal <laughs> mixes for us. Um, and what is it? You also have like you're brewing herbs for the exhibition also, right? Yes. So um, that's why we're, we're also talking about herbs. Mm-hmm. And that's why we're starting here, because yeah. we are restocking the herb brew for the installation. Yes. Because uh, for for the exhibition opening, we've built with uh, Christina Tukre, my friend from Latvia, who also loves foraging herbs and drinking them. And then with Margarit Bulatovic and with Robert Prokopovic, we made this collective instrument, like herb brew instrument, and which is meant that you can play herbs or like that play, herbs can play music. So. So yeah, literally we've been using the herbs I foraged and also the herbs my friend got from Latvia for uh, creating the instrument. Mm. Nice. And also look at this cup you chose. So these flowers on the outside of the cup, they look a bit like the flowers inside the cup now. Yeah, actually. Nice, huh? Wow. Little work of art. (laughs) Okay, cool. So this is why we're looking at herbs in the kitchen. But let's move. So um, we have moved one room. Now, and this is like um, the entrance room to the gallery, can you describe the space? Yes, so here it's actually not that full of artworks uh, because this space is also used by the the asbestos collective sometimes for their own purposes, Mm -hmm. like working purposes. And here we can see a little bit of... um, kind of visual entrance to the immersive installation which is out there in the other room. Yeah, we're gonna like gradually go deeper and deeper into like the level of art here. So before, no art in the kitchen, little bit of art here and then we will move to the back room yeah. with a lot of art <laughs> afterwards. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a little bit like that here in this space. So uh, we have this um, triangular piece which is um, which relates to this book by Agnieszka Spila and it's an eco-sexual book and I wish it was translated to English it's not yet but I hope soon really? they will because it's a really fresh um, it, it's it's she wrote it like I don't know in the past maybe two years I think if I'm not mistaken so this one kind of because it's triangular and I think like I've actually because Poland is like really strongly Catholic and the experience of like oppression of the religion over culture and over over people has been really strong for me and that's been mm-hmm. also one of the reasons why I moved here because I wanted I've wanted to escape from this social oppression 
And I've also attended to Catholic school at some point. So Like girls' school? Uh, no, no, it was actually, it was not that harsh. Uh, there is a lot of schools like that in Poland. And I believe also, I think in Spain, in Italy, like as far as I've been talking with my friends from there, that it's a concept of kind of semi-public school that is co-financed by church. So the church kind of affects on the content. and But the teachers were not priests or nuns. But mm. we were obliged to go to church every week, like every Friday. <laughs> Did you have to confess your sins? Yeah, yeah, exactly. There was a... Um, yeah, maybe I will not go into details because we <laughs> can get into really harsh uh, Catholic things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there, there was this really weird thing. Since I was a kid that was not... I, I really do not believe in like Catholic God mm. at all. So I've been really having like, first of all, I kind of experienced a little bit of exclusion mm. and like I've been a bit of outsider because of this. And then, yeah, it's been a weird thing that they have forced us to once a month to go to confess, uh, which has been really weird. We had these journals of confession and we had to, and of course I've been lying because I do not want to talk with some strange person but you had to say something right yeah, yeah i had to say something so i was just like lying or because <laughs> i knew a person uh, here <laughs> I, i i studied one at one point with a person here who had grown up in ireland and so they said that um because they also had grown up in super strict catholic school and everything and so that the, as a child that they would have to go to confession and they didn't have anything to confess because they were just a child you know like they didn't, they didn't do anything you know so then but then they had to do it so they had to like make up sins that they could then atone because otherwise they would get in trouble for like not confessing it so like every week they would be like or every month or whatever like like trying to like with the imagination like come up with sins that they could bring to the table it's pretty hilarious i mean i've been a teenager more so yeah, okay. i've had my sins <laughs> yeah but i did not necessarily want to share them with with a priest yeah but so the, why is... i'm telling about it is because i believe that like the oppression the oppression of my sexuality and the oppression of ecosystem in poland is very much related to this cult of Catholicism and to the social hierarchies re related to that. So, and then of course I've been like every week going to those messes and I've had this really strong visual because Catholicism is really strongly visual, like appealing to people because they want to kind of bring people to the church. So there is a lot of visuals going on in the yeah. churches. So the Catholic visuals like for sure at some point like have affected my kind of you know, visual mentality in a way. Yeah, for the uh, listener who don't know, this is why a lot of Protestant churches are super strict and look almost poor inside. You know, just like white old walls and really mm -hmm. like basic. It's because that was one of the changes from Catholicism to Protestantism that the Protestants thought uh, all this like flair and like uh, you know all the bling mm. that's yeah, not yeah. what religion is about you need to be alone with God and not be distracted but in the yeah, Catholic yeah. churches there is a lot to look at and there's a lot going on also yeah, yeah it's also a lot about showing of your social status and your social class mm. 
So when you go to the church, you need to dress up properly, and not necessarily because like for the God or whatever, but it's for other people, people <laughs> to show that oh you're respecting and you're you know you're a proper family or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, th there is a lot of visuals going on, and then there is a lot of bad things going on around sexuality, and that's why at some point I've kind of related in my. Um, in my art or like in what I create, there is a lot of thinking about... Um, There's a lot of genitals. There are a lot of genitals, but like I've related this oppression of sexuality and of ecosystem together because mm. it makes sense to me. And especially that women's rights in Poland are going on not so well. Yeah. And like I've been actually like the first year of my studies, I've I've been actually co-organizing this uh, big women's protest, like the first one, and so it has In a lot Poland. of like yeah, it has it has had a lot of effect on me. And then because this far right government in Poland has been, which yeah, it it has they they have been also like they are climate denialists. Mm. and they have not been taking any kind of action or they were taking actions that were actually the other way around. So, yeah, it totally makes sense to me because also like in Catholicism, you have these hierarchies that, oh, there is God that is like human-like and then like other beings are kind of lower class, you know what I mean? So it's like a very hierarchic and very artificial way of thinking mm. about like humans relationship to ecosystem and yeah how they rely on each other mm. and here this triangular painting is um it, it relates to this cult like from this Agnieszka Spila book it relates to this cult of uh, goddess like kind of pagan cult of goddess and the story was around women being witches and being having kind of troubles mm. because of uh, having this cult which was really feminist and really um, respective towards ecosystem or like more than humans. Mm -hmm. So that's why there is this vagina with roots and like coming out of soil. Yeah. Then here we also do have this painting which is kind of referring to my previous projects on kind of transhumanism and this painting is called Love in a Toxic Environment. Could you describe it to the listener? Uh, so it has two... Oh my god, like actually... Is it a penis painting? Can we yeah, say it's, that it's, it's a penis painting? Yeah, yeah, like I'm just... I actually find <laughs> describing visual things with words, it's so difficult. It's a good exercise. Yeah, it's a good exercise. So we see two kind of uh, phallic... Um, like a, an organism that consists of two phallic forms embracing yeah. each other or like... Almost looks like, like a mushroom that has been flipped upside down, but then actually the stem is like two stems that is like intertwined or like two penis flowers that grows from the same yeah. like <laughs> a, a base. Yeah, they're becoming one in that painting. And, yeah, like embracing. Uh, yeah, yeah, and it's a quite post-apocalyptic painting because I've been thinking about uh, kind of life that could emerge after, let's say, there is a nuclear war and there is a like huge extinction. So mm -hmm. what could happen next? 
And oh, so that's why the, the soil so it's a pretty is... Fu- fu- yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's why the soil is... Uh, like the soil is like almost toxic colored or like, you know, this like strong neon green yellow almost. It's a little bit like a toxic mm-hmm. color. Is that because yeah. like the world has actually ended? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's literally... Um, because before making this painting, I've been using... Um, like those toxic pigments. I've been trying to become like a bit more sustainable in painting mm. gradually and I'm still improving in that. And uh, this painting is kind of a farewell to certain toxic pigments, particularly okay. there is this cobalt blue uh, in the background, which is actually really toxic and it's also really unethical. Is it oil or acrylics? It's oil, mm. yeah. So uh, actually now in this like, in the other space we can see many paintings which have been painted already with paints that I make on my own. Okay, so is that why the colors are more like um, um, or natural or more like, uh, what are the, the words for this? Like, so this is quite, in here is quite strong. All of your, you have a pretty like slim color palette somehow, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but this one is like quite strong. Colored like pastella ish, but still like strong blue, strong mm-hmm. you know, yellow, green, and then in here it's more like um, earthy, mossy green, and and mm-hmm. yeah, so that's because now you are making the paints yourself, yeah, yeah, kind of like not all, the, not all of the paints are made by myself, but I got rid of toxic pigments. Mm. So mostly the pigments I've been using there are not toxic. Mm. So they're, because I've been like, it's first of all because of my own bodily health, but then also when I wash off the brushes, like it all goes to the water. Mm. And the water is actually an important motive because I've been quite much inspired by hydrofeminism. So it's been pretty symbolic to me to kind of at least, you know, become one with water that everything circulates and it's not a toxic matter. That is is it hard to get the strong colors with non-toxic paint or pigments? Uh, some of them, yes. Like, I mean, yellows are pretty challenging. What but about this yellow? My tea now, it's like quite strong yellow. It's yeah. before, before I started drinking and it was more, it was like really almost neon yellow. A little bit like the color my pee has when I've been taking a lot of vitamin B. Yeah, actually pee has been a quite nice dye like for a long time. So Do you use pee? No, I do not use pee, like because I use pigments. Okay. Which I like now right now I mostly buy the pigments mm. uh, from art supplies shops and then just check out like as you would buy food, I just check out what is what's yeah, inside, yeah. what are the ingredients and they have their own numbers. It's actually quite tricky to find like find out what's inside of paints but it's possible so but I've been for sure I will my aim is to also learn how to get pigments like from like on my own from foraging Mm. and yeah it could be an aim for future I like that the flower that is standing on this like white podium under this painting we were talking about before with the Pinish mushroom, or what we call it. What do you call this painting? Uh, love in a toxic environment. Love in a toxic environment. And under it, there's this flower 
that is very phallic. I don't know what this flower is called, but it's like... <laughs> it's actually, I'm also really curious. It's a flower that my friend brought me for the opening. It's, uh, and like also my these friend flowers Matthew. on the other side of here are also quite phallic. Like it's yeah, <laughs> and this is from other friend Vera. So, and like for sure they have been, like Matilda told me that she... Yeah, <laughs> I should be. Yeah, I should be careful with the with the herbs. Uh, but yeah, like she told me that she's been wondering. She went to the shop and she has seen this phallic shape, and she, she thought it's gonna be a proper. Yeah, but it's super appropriate. And then up here is an orchid. Did that belong in the space or? This is originally from asbestos. Okay, so. but it, like an orchid is quite vaginal for a flower. For sure, yeah. it's pretty erotic. And did you hang this? purple painting next to the purple orchid or like pink because they match the colors? I've actually haven't been thinking of this but really? it's a nice relation. It been... looks like it's a close-up of this orchid. It's actually I've I've hung it because because of the like I've started from the main space there. Okay and then you just worked your way out. Yeah and then the first painting I've hung was this um, yeah triangular vagina painting with roots and it refers also to this kind of, you know, hanging signs or cross above your... Yeah, you know, like looks, every Catholic person needs to do so. It looks like like a church ornament almost. Yeah, so it's kind of like an entrance to, to this immersive space. And this one, it just relates to uh, from the other side of the room. Okay. That's why I... But also, it's like it looks like it's a close-up of the flower that is placed next to... It's like it's the next painting in this room we are looking at now, and it's the same size as the other one almost, but like a close-up purple-pink, like the stem, or like what are they called, the little... Yeah, like the antlers of the flower, like the the little uh, stems. That yeah, are the genitals of plants. What's the name? Like for them the, the pollinators. Yeah, pollinators. Yeah, or like pollinators are the ones that are pollinating. I think. Oh really? Yeah. I really thought these were called pollinators. We we could actually check out, but yeah, this this painting is called uh, blossoming body. So it's it's a quite some of the paintings there are referring to these transhumanist ideas of merging organisms mm. through kind of biological or like scientific intervention intervention yeah intervention or yeah some of them are ref referring to this and, and I mean the last one did you place it there because it matches the colors? Yeah. No, more more because it matches the the idea of sewing. There is a sewing machine behind it. There, now we're looking at a third painting in mm. here. It's smaller. It's like a light blue background, and then it's a purple flower with all the leaves are pierced with like a normal metal piercings. Yeah, and it's kind of a metaphor of how we sometimes harm ecosystem or how we also like some of the plants that are sold in flower shops they're pretty like affected by humans activity and there is a lot of pesticides going on so but I mean then it you place it next to a, an old light blue singer uh, sewing machine and it matches the color so well and then this purple flower is kind of the same as this other purple painting so like you really did some color curation in here <laughs> yeah for sure because i i want to kind of create like first of all i want to create this um, feeling of diversity mm. but on the other hand i try to 
create a feeling of interconnectedness, as, mm. as, as it's the name of the show, Growing Interconnectedness. Mm. And they are also interconnected through colors, like the, the, the painting objects, they relate to each other. Mm. And so, do you want to move into the last room? Because now we have like been getting a lot of background, but then that is where the most works are. Yeah. Um, do you need help with bringing some herbs or some, like, do you want to do the brew for the... Yeah, we can maybe start from the herb brew. Yeah. Why not? So the thing is now we are making a herb brew for the hydrophonic microphone instrument. So the herbs are gonna be in water and play music. So is there a different sound to different herbs? Have you found something like this, that they have characteristics? Actually, this is just the beginning of this experiment, so we're going to be finding out more uh, during the exhibition. Uh, because we've been using the mix of herbs, but for sure, this, for example, is lilac flower, mm. and when it, you will see when it, uh, when it's brewed, you can, yeah, you can smell the spring. Mm, yes, <laughs> wow, from there. Um, so for sure, it has different sound quality when it touches the hydrophone. Yeah. And a hydrophone is a microphone that you can immerse into water, for those who don't know. Exactly. So that's pretty cool. Oh, hi, yeah. Cameo, do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, Robert. Here <laughs> 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 <Sure> I am. <laughs> uh, Wonderful. Yeah, uh, I'm Robert Popovich, Camilla's partner. And uh, we are working together quite a lot. I'm usually working on the sound uh, part of the exhibitions. I'm a composer. And uh, this instrument we created together with uh, Mark Reed Bulatovic. He's unfortunately not here. He's in a wedding in Scotland. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, we were sitting nerding in the Max MSP program and uh, found out that. Uh, the hydrophone gonna be a really good idea to be used in uh, herbs. Actually, I think Camila proposed that uh, she wants to brew some herbs over hydrophone at some point, and we were like, "Yeah, that's a good idea. Let's make a cold brew herbs instrument." And actually, this idea came to to my mind when I visited the performance that you have also attended to. Yes, Mark Reitz Boletovich. Uh, performance and then the choreographer. Was it in Vapan Tidentila? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And there was also a um, choreographer, artist, who has been having this um, water with hydrophone and they were more kind of exploring the sound of, of the vase. Mm. And then I was like, oh, why don't we try actually the herbs? Why, why don't we make herbs play because also we've been going all together with Christina, Mark and Robert to forage the herbs so it's kind of all interconnecting again. Mm -hmm. Nice. Yeah so now I'll brew. I've put there a little bit of this lilac flower and then it's called uh, Ivan Chai in Russian actually and it's a plant that is good for hangover for example. So I always drink it when I have hangover. <laughs> But it's not only, it has like different purposes. 
Nice, so it's the Bruno. Yeah. Bruno. <laughs> That's the Finnish word yes. for hangover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's such an amazing word. Yeah. yeah. Close to Dracula, but crappy. <laughs> Yeah. I think Mark once said that it's Dracula that eats us. Yeah. <laughs> it's for sure. It, as, as many herbs, <laughs> as many herbs, uh, it comes like it has this kind of blood tension, lowering down blood tension. But then also, it um, helps with the kind of hormones in the organism, and it's good for depression. And then it's also anti-cancerogenic, which is like um, antioxidant. It's in many herbs. So right now, Camilla is making a mix of herbs in a pot here in the kitchen that we then will take to the exhibition. And I'll take some water so that we can explore the water sounds. Are we ready with the patch? Okay. Nice. Yeah, Robert has been setting up uh, the sound stuff for us. Okay, enter the womb, it feels like, almost. <laughs> there is a little bit of echo over here. It's okay, it's the third episode I recorded here. And it's not bad, like, I, I do sometimes... You need to cool it down a little bit because... Put it on I the need floor, to make maybe? Sure. I need to make sure that the hydrophone is not... We're pouring it we into... Can actually, what we've been doing, because there are many ways to use the, this hydrophone, mm -hmm. so I will bring just dry herbs as well. Okay. And we can check out the... to the hydrophone in the air. Which is then making the sound pitch and rhythm change. I might actually also bring some dandelion root. Okay. Because it's also nice for
Actually, Jackie Pay is not the worst fertilizer. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> they do a lot of I was rather meaning like, you know, power plants which is next to <laughs> But also they do a lot of math here, so like maybe it's super fertilizing. <laughs> concept of creating uh, painting ecosystems mm -hmm. so I read a lot of 
books like biological books or like botanic books and also like I research some materials about agriculture and about growing plants so this inspires me metaphorically for painting and yeah and then I observe yeah I mean all of your paintings kind of look like plants or flowers right but then it also is a lot sexy yeah there is like in most of them there is some kind of reference to human's body but it's very common no like uh, vaginas have always been portrayed like flowers like in literature and, and paintings and stuff it has been like a, a very uh, clean way to talk about stuff like this to call it rose petals and stuff yeah, yeah it can get a bit Actually, there is also like penises, which are also not that obvious to be pro portrayed as like related to botanic. Not as commonly, no. But I think it's because like women genitalia traditionally there has been more like Puritan rules about like you couldn't portray them or not and or even talk about them so then people had to like talk about flowers and stuff instead i don't know oh now we're like pouring the pot into the glass So, uh, so this is a Max MSP patch. Yes. Yeah. Uh, which is um, a form of coding software where you it's kind, kind of, of like, like object-based coding software. Yeah, exactly. That was made like predominantly for programming some music or uh, basically audio-based. Um, it's really good for artists because it doesn't yeah. require you to write code you can kind of like uh, it's a little bit like building with Lego and so mm -hmm. you kind of just like put boxes with functions next to each other on the screen and then you draw like virtual cables mm -hmm. and it's like a modular synthesizer but you don't need to buy a lot of uh, expensive modules from 
the companies that make money on you. And then you can make it control whatever, like build all these like functions. So, but it's quite easy to find pre-programmed boxes with a lot of functions also. So you can like use these types of coding uh, languages in many different levels of expertise. Exactly. So the first model serves capturing the sound. Mm-hmm. It captures the sound from the microphone. It's the sound goes into our zoom that we're using as the like as just a, a handheld recorder similar to what yes, I'm using here. Exactly. We are using it for as the audio audio interface, and uh, then it goes into our computer. Here you can see the sound. Yeah, I see the peaks. Yes. So the peaks are serving as our triggers mm-hmm. and they are triggering the other module. Other module contains few scales that uh, Mark created for this instrument. There are some, these are market on scales. He was uh, inspired by the amount of leaves on different uh, herbs that Camille was using. Mm. So he was counting leaves and then wow. uh, he could tell a lot more about it because I wasn't really participating in this part. But he was part uh, counting leaves and then creating the uh, scales that we are playing in hertz. Then the oscillator is playing those scales. They're also going through the phaser to give them a little bit of like extra fluid movement. And uh, our thresholds activating changes with the scales and then there is a filter that actually gives that, that like a very tight notch filter it's another module that actually activates the scales and so on mm. and it's highly randomized so it goes in a different direction and uh, even got this uh, feeling of uh, sounds coming out of nowhere and there is a lot higher probability of the sound uh, event when something touches the microphone because this notch filter also reacts on the thresholds. Mm. So yeah, this was kind of quite technical, but I think it was very pedagogic for people who already know some of these technical terms. Maybe. There Maybe might be some like listeners who still don't get it, but... Let's uh, do it in an easy way. So there is a microphone and uh, there is a computer that reacts on the microphone. Or it, like, it, it picks up what the microphone is doing. Yes. And then it's... translates it? And then, yeah, kind of translates it into the uh, sound. We are getting the sound of the like directly from the microphone. Mm-hmm. But we are also mixing it with some of the music like scales, music, harmonies that are pre-made by us, the pre-programmed mm-hmm. by us. And uh, the person playing the instrument actually cooperates with some of our ideas and makes them work. Mm. And then it's all sent to this little speaker we have here in the, so we can hear it in the room. That was a good explanation. Thank you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, and about the scales, they are inspired by the mathematical or like ge- geometrical properties of leaves patterns, mm. and those have been. That's why I've been also talking quite long about the leaves I've been foraging because they have been inspired by those particular plants I've been foraging. Mm. 
Nice. So maybe let's get back to talking about your paintings, yeah? Yeah, sure. Uh, we can just sit here somehow, if it's okay for you. Yeah, sure. Maybe I'll bring the wax or herbs. I you have yours. I mean, yeah, my tea is done, but I drank it all. It was nice. So as we can see, like I've been trying to um, provide this interconnectedness through concept, but also just through the material. Just a moment. I'm not so happy with this placement. Uh, we'll just bring something. No, you can sit. with how these strings are laid? Yeah, it's alright. I've been actually using them during my performance in Contula. Because mm, I would kind of like to... Oh, it's a little bit and like the big ropes that you used in the performance with also. Yeah, they're, they're here actually. Ah. So they have been gathering all the dust and dirt <laughs> from all over places, from Papantaitantila, those ones. Oh. Yeah, and also from Contula, which is famous for different kind of substances being <laughs> appearing around. <sighs> yeah, so now we're in the back room, or we have been here for a bit now. Can you help now describe what is happening in here? So when you enter the room, there is this... Firstly, you see the piece which refers to my piece which I've done during BAM Biennial and it's been a piece about my first encounter with uh, Banana Lian that I've seen like for the first time in my life. Like what? Lian, like this, um, like the way banana grows, it grows on Lian, like it's called Lian. Or like ah, uh, like the ones that Tarzan swinging. Yeah, for example. So yeah. It's like, yeah. And it's been quite... Because also like in, in Palermo, I've been quite encountering or like rethinking my cultural heritage in a way that I got back into kind of a similar... It's like geographically quite far away from Poland, but like it's a quite similar cultural experience uh, in terms of this influence of Catholicism and mm. how it affects on the sexuality of people. So this has been like a metaphor for me, like this banana lian. I've also, I remember a moment when I was in this Catholic school and a teacher has shown us a film. Um, it's been, the action has been in Brazil. It was about favelas. And there was a woman who has been talking to her friend about her experiences, like sexual experiences. And there was a motive of, yeah, using bananas as dildos. And I remember the moment when the teacher was like kind of frightened, oh, what I have shown. And we were like in the secondary school. So yeah, all the teenagers or like young teenagers have been like, oh, 
yeah, sexuality, it does exist, and yeah, and then there is this... Um, was this when you, was a te- when you were a teenager? Yeah, yeah, when I was like a young teenager. So <laughs> then, like, I mean, we were maybe like 12, 13, something like that. And then, yeah, we, we see this uh, vagina, which also refers to this kind of cult of, yeah, like of vaginas. And the cult of vaginas? Yeah, well. yeah. <laughs> like this pagan, pagan, pagan vaginas and, yeah, the celebration of femininity or like womanhood. And then we also see another vagina with like many of the pieces they have kind of like innervation which is kind of like relating with each other there is also this um, painting uh, which refers to like a mushroom like mycosis mm-hmm. yeah so there is a lot of like water like, is interconnecting like mycelia right yeah oh, my, my, yeah. sorry mycelium yeah mycosis yeah. is like the relation um, yeah so it also has like quite strong innervation and so we have in this room a lot of paintings some of them are square but some of them are also just cut out canvas pieces that are just like cut out in the shape of the painting and placed around and this one like the big central flower kind of o- over our heads suspended from the ceiling is actually like fabric that is kind of hanging in this very like organic curly shapes uh, and then there are all these um, these robes like braided robes and and uh, is it no it's not crochet what is it called this other technique yeah it's like crochet it's like crochet so crocheted robes and strings and like lace crochet paintings almost so there's a lot of different techniques going on here but also it's like there are not any frames, none of the paintings are frames, so it's like painting that has just like sprung out from the wall and kind of like a uh, little bit like a, a flower, will the seeds will go everywhere and then it will spread and then next year you will have flowers everywhere. So this is like maybe a painting that has exploded and somehow has started growing all around the room. Yeah, 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 it's definitely what I'm trying to kind of extend through this concept of painting ecosystems is that I'm just like creating elements that can function with each other and they can like function in different contexts and they they can like affect on each other. Mm. And yeah, so they're like just parts of an ecosystem and then I use like diverse techniques because I, I, I'm very much like inspired for this diversity of ecosystems so then I I achieve it through using different types of colors but also through using dip- different types of media mm-hmm. and then I also like when artworks smell a bit so there is a lot of uh, like there, there are some pieces that are with beeswax Oh. Then we have the smell of linseed oil and we have the herbal instrument. We have also ceramic pieces which like herbs are growing out of them. We have also herbs, actual uh, rosemary that I grow, I've been growing at home. Oh, and a so little pot hanging here, this macrame uh, hanging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So oh. there is this, um, yeah, it's like in the color. In the and over there are some onions and some macrame hanging things. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like onion tits, which are... Onion tits. Yeah. <laughs> there are also garlics inside of those. Uh, the bigger tits. Tit pots, like fabric pots. <laughs> So is this the reason why oil, oil paintings often smell in a very particular way? It's the linseed oil? I guess so, yeah. Wow. And also linseed has its own smell. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. Hmm. Do you want to maybe uh, choose a few of these works and describe them in a little more detail? Uh, maybe this big one that is hanging over us and then the mirror one that is like flat on the floor under it. Maybe those two are a good place to, to start. Because they're so central. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, the centerpiece in a flower arrangement. Well, now I'm deep into this idea that we're sitting in this flower ecosystem. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. They're kind of centrum of this ecosystem. And like those are water roots that are spreading all over. Like the, their braids, but also their like their water braids that are spreading all over. There is also other water braids. There are painted water braids and and uh, braided rope water braids. And what is a water braid? Uh, I mean, it's a braid, but it's like because it's in color of blue, so it refers to water. So it's like kind of okay. relating body of human with water mm -hmm. in a more. Uh, in a, like a symbolic yeah. way. Yeah. So then I've been also painting those waters. I've been thinking of flooding, but also of um, water veins. You know, like there is this, I don't know the, like the exact word in English, but there is this magic technique of searching for water veins like in in homes, with like the in block of, blocks of flats, like there are those wizards who are going around with those sticks with and sticks. searching, yeah, searching for like waters and like bad energy or like streams. Oh, you can like, have a, like a person like this come to your home? Yeah, there, there has been a little bit. I think like it's been quite common in 20th century more. I remember the thing about the stick that has to have like it a Y shape and then you need to hold it in the handles and then see it was like a child I would like run around and see if, if it would move but it feels a little bit like a Ouija board or something that it's uh, if you have very unsteady hands you will have more eventful <laughs> for sure, for sure. for sure yeah <laughs> uh, yeah I've seen those I've never got to hold one of those sticks, oh, but you just I just think that it's a U, Y shape, and then you just hold it. Okay, I thought it's like it's proper. Probably it needs to. It probably needs to be a specific kind of. <laughs> I think that the, I think that but physics the, is physics. So I think yeah. the science behind it is that some wood wants to like plant itself into where there is water, even as it is cut off or something. Um, but I don't really know. Yeah, that is. It's like pretty magical because it's it's about like water streams under like underground water streams that mm. are affecting the energy at household so I, i've been like this has affected quite like when i've when i've been a kid i remember i've been watching this uh, surreal comedy series about blocks of flats from like 20th century in poland and there has been a lot of weird things going on there as well like a robot that has been buying like shopping for 
for people and yeah. It's Was it like weird. dystopic cartoons? Uh, no, it's been like a surreal comedy, but it it hasn't been a cartoon. Okay. It's been like from the communist Poland, kind of a parody on blocks of flats and you know those uh, kind of brutalist architecture and what's going on inside. Do you think you can find a link for this to online? Uh, yeah, I've, I guess it should be available online. So I if you can find the link, we can add it in the show notes. Yeah, we can try to, yeah. to find a link if, <laughs> if there is any like legal uh, source. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, it, if it exists on YouTube or something. Yeah. And then, yeah, we have, for example, those grapes, which are like they're grape teats and they're yeah, now, inspired. Now we're pointing to another painting on the wall of grape tits. Yeah, because they have like the background. I started to paint it um, after holidays. I've been like reading this book by Olga Tkarczuk in Bulgaria and she has compared like um, major grapes to teats and it totally makes sense for me like the ecosystem feeding us. So I've decided to paint this particular grape. What and is then it called? Like this like a clump of grapes? It's kind of like a clump of bananas also. What is the term for this in English? I guess grape. No no like the The, the fact that some of them grow in like these lumps or clumps together. Yeah, I don't know. called Kleese in Danish and Terto in Finnish. I, I'm not sure if we even have a word for that in Polish. Hmm. Like, we just call it grape. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, and then the background, because also this year I've, like the year I've been painting it, like it was this year uh, I went to Slovenia where I've been picking those herbs and it all kind of affected the content that we can see here and there is like in Maribor where I will actually have an exhibition next year there is um, the oldest grape growing on earth kind of I don't know if it's actual true but that's the legend and that's what tourist information says where? so in Maribor it's like next to Austrian border mm. So I've been actually exploring this hill with the the oldest grape, and then when I've been painting it months after, there was uh, like floods in Slovenia, like really big floods, and it's kind of it's been quite it gave me anxiety, like climate anxiety, because it's related to climate changes and yeah. Is that why it's so dark? This painting? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is this water which is kind of. You know, like flooding water. But it's dark because a lot of the others have running water, it feels, but it's like light blue, fresh water. Yeah, yeah, like it's more extremes. Like, almost like pool water. Yeah. And then this one is like super dark, can swallow your water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's also, this one water. on the other wall, that where is it you or is it just a person? It's, it's actually a person that they have in Facebook friends. Okay. And I've seen this person, I don't know, like, I'm stalking, stalking her account a bit, I, I, she's not aware of it, probably. But you but, so it's yeah, just another it's painting just, of, like... It's just a, inspired by a photo, yeah, but... Sure, it's like a person you can't recognize, you can't recognize the person, no. but, like, the person is kind of really hippie, and, 
yeah, I've I've been quite inspired by the content she's been posting. <laughs> and like when I've seen this photo of like bathing in the river, I've I was like, yeah, I need to paint like a river that is kind of you know like really immersive and connecting with your body. It looks like her hair is the same as the water. Like yeah. her hair is the water, but also it's super dark and it feels like she is getting swallowed by the water. Yeah, it could be. It could be a bit scary, but. Yeah, the, the hair is definitely becoming one with water. And then, like, this part is kind of, like, river-related, or it's also, like, related to my to the experience I've had, like, of ecosystem I've had in central Poland. And this is Vistula River. So mm. there is this uterus... It's another painting. Sourcing, like, that Vistula River is sourced out from this large, like huge, immense uterus that is do- dominating and like really powerful. It's a, f- a uterus flowing in the pink sky and then um, it is like squirting uh, a river. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and it's, it's also like there has been a lot, like my mom when she has seen this painting, she was like, oh actually there is an issue that like when people do a lot of drugs and then they pee or like alcohol, they pee during the weekend and it's kind of an issue sometimes for certain rivers because it affects like there they, has been they some... Pee to, they pee out drugs? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it like affects it. I, but this is true. Okay, so actually the way that the Finnish police is, or the police in Helsinki, the, one of the ways they keep track of how many drugs are like circulating in society uh, um, is by checking uh, the wastewater. Mm-hmm. So they check the wastewater for levels of different drugs. And so every year they can um, compare with last year how much... Mm-hmm people peed out of different types of drugs because what goes in has to go out so there will be trace content so then every year they can draw graphs about like the meth uh, like uh, usage and <laughs> meth usage has gone down but cocaine has gone up or you know so like I read an article about this that like yeah that they yeah but even COVID it's I wild think, no? I think like also some COVID measurements they have been done through water so indeed like everything circulates through water you know yeah 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 but I never considered that the police would use pee and wastewater as like part of their strategies to know how the drug market is looking in a city yeah I, I've, I've known <laughs> about it so that was kind of part of this but then also the issue with rivers in Poland is that like this agricultural pollution, like pesticides that are getting to the rivers and then to the sea, like to the Baltic Sea. That's why the Baltic Sea is also very much polluted because there is a lot of agricultural wastage. Yeah, in Denmark it's quite a problem that um, they like when they drill for the groundwater to drink, mm-hmm. and then the farmers are using at pesticides very close to there and so then it gets cross-contaminated and then the drinking water gets contaminated and it's yeah, yeah, yeah. not so good. Yeah, it's definitely an issue. Like the water here in Helsinki that we have here in Helsinki is really luxurious. Uh, the water I've been drinking... Not everywhere in Helsinki. I, I have lived some places where it really tasted like chlorine. Like, oh. Yeah, it could be probably it depends on the building but if you try the yeah, the Warsaw and water it's Really not so good. Mm. I mean, it's supposedly safe, 
but it's not so tasty because it's like it comes out of the river and it goes through cities, like big cities like Krakow and Warsaw, and people are you know peeing out drugs and everything. Not only drugs. <laughs> All Interesting other, to think about, other, like places that substances that are circulating in their organisms, like microplastics and yeah. But I mean, like in some places like Berlin, all the tap water is recycled water. Like the city recycles all the water. Yeah. So of course they clean it, but it's still fun to think about a place like this where people do a lot of drugs and then like it is fully clean. But but how much like um, this recycled drug water? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, for sure, there is a, a lot. So yeah, so then on this painting you can see also some agriculture. Like there is this more wilder part on the left and then agriculture on the right. And also I've been thinking quite a lot about like meadow ecosystems and it's kind of like a collaboration of humans with ecosystem. What do you mean? Because like you need to... You need to make... Like you need... When you shave like the grass, mm -hmm. then it's like it opens up opportunities for other type of species to show up in from the soil and like to, to grow and to survive. So yeah, it's like meadows are quite collaborative, collaborative for humans or like humans are, yeah. Mm. Yeah, maybe collaborate a lot with. Maybe you you used the term before that I forgot to ask you to explain to the listener. So you said hydrofeminism. I know, like, so ecofeminism and hydrofeminism and stuff. Can you maybe just like uh, explain to the listener what these things mean? Yes. So basically, for me, hydrofeminism is a way to interconnect through water and that because water in, interconnects us all and like a, every kind of substance existing at least like on on the earth mm -hmm. and yeah hydrofeminism is kind of like a way to create non-hierarchical ways of thinking like new ways of thinking being inspired through water and how water fluctuates and how water connects with with all the elements. So kind of like um, sourcing out the way you think about your daily actions would be inspired by how water functions. Mm -hmm. So I find it quite inspiring and it's it's pretty visual as well. So especially for visual arts, it's, it's quite inspiring. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, well, we kind of never actually described these works in the center that we talked about. I'm quite curious about the one that is hanging, because yes. it's a little bit different. A lot of these on the walls and, and like crawling on the floor, they're very similar. They really look like a series of paintings that mm -hmm. have been made together. But this one hanging in the center of the room is quite different material-wise and also like the pattern is more intricate somehow. Yeah, so the, I've been actually printing there, I've been gathering plants and I've been printing, so like the patterns you see there, they're just like prints of plants. So it used to be just like a white piece of fabric? Or yeah, it's like, like recycled, recycled sheets. Okay, and then how and did you print on it? 
Uh, yeah, I've collected them and then I took dies and I've like printed them like directly on, you know, I, I made this footprint of plants mm. and like I repeated it a few times and then I've been using a bit of beeswax. So like it's, it's all with beeswax. I know that like it's ethically it's actually quite controversial to use beeswax, but it's, I, I love how it kind of, um, it, it came to me when I visited the retrospective by Sheila Hikes mm-hmm. in Centre Pompidou, and then I was, um, it really affected, like, I, I really loved how the, the artworks, the fabrics, they were giving, they, they brought this kind of like domicile uh, feelings. And yeah, after that I decided to use beeswax mm. because it's 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 really cozy and the smell is really really romantic and it's a very good material. It's super quality material, beeswax. It's just yeah. I haven't used anything with beeswax or honey for a lot of years. Uh, being very strict vegan with these things. Mm. Uh, I didn't even buy wool from you for many years, but I have to admit the last few years, sometimes I've bought woolen socks from you because I live in Finland and it's like a snowstorm outside right now, you know. And actually, recently I got um, this hand lotion from a person who had just opened it and didn't like it. And then it was amazing and there was beeswax in it. So I was like, oh damn, it really is like, a quality material. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends also how, because those, I like these beeswax I have, I source from the beekeepers I know. Mm. So it's also probably like, yeah, not that harmful as I would get it from mass production, you know. But it's a pretty controversial. At least it's thing. like, a, well, it's a philosophical, ethical question about principles for a long but I mean, yeah. Okay, so then we have this big sheet. Yeah, sorry, not to like chase chase ethical rabbits here. Um, we have these uh, this sheet that is now beautifully printed with all these like patterns and and it's very pink and purpley, and then it is shaped like labia, no? Like yeah, like vagina. Yeah. yeah. And then what is hanging from it? Is the clitoris? Yeah, it's this uh, banana lion inspired. I have this artwork from Bambayanil, so it refers to this mm. one. So it's like a, a hanging clit. Yeah, it's banana lion hanging from it. Yeah, and so it's it's also like it gives kind of um, or like the exhibition reflects my experience of different types of ecosystems as mm. well that I have. But like different I want geographies. To go, I want to go back to the materiality of this because it's quite amazing. The listener has no idea. Uh, so like the lian of this, is this really the word in English? Uh, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, I've been checking it and it's it does exist. In Danish it's the right word, so lian. Okay. Yeah, so I've been also pretty surprised. So this lian is it, like I'm... painted crochet material in like green and pink, dusty green and dusty pink colors painted and then the like the actual clip part or what it is is like kind of a canvas sack painted purple and then there is a ceramic piece 
which is an extra little vagina. Yes. So it's, yeah, it's like, um, you, you want to ask about the material? I just, the, I don't know, I want yeah. to ask about the sculptural centerpiece somehow. I just also want to keep like um, visualizing it for the audience. Yeah, it's, I've actually made it from recycled material again. Mm. So this crochet, it's like a fabric I got from Keratiskaiskus. Mm. And, uh, Which is a finish for a recycling center. Yeah, yeah, and then there is this kind of um, ball-shaped piece, or like, yeah, this ball-shaped part, which refers to this uh, banana lian plant. Mm -hmm. And then, because it's so phallic, I wanted to break through this kind of really binary. Mm. Uh, property of it and I wanted to apply a vagina on it and kind of <laughs> because I, I find like botanic life or like plants are pretty queer or you know they're not so like they're quite non-binary and that's, I find it pretty inspiring and I think like the coming from a culture which is like super focused on you know like these gender divisions, mm. I find it pretty pretty interesting to research how plants do their sexual life and I think like, yeah, I can get back to kind of natural way of that it, like, that is like for humans because like I believe that like humans are not so binary either, so yeah. And it's interesting because plants, the way that they have sex and like uh, 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 like propagate themselves and each other is that they need to collaborate with other species. Yeah, that's actually true. So it's like it's this interspecial uh, like a sex life mm -hmm. that is necessary for plants to to even like survive as a species. And so it's super interesting that. You know, with like with most species, when like then there's, uh, they will uh, do all these tricks. You know, have very colored feathers, or humans like put on makeup. All this to like mm. a lot of like uh, in the in the animal kingdom, it's a lot about like attracting a mate, right? Oh, who can build the most beautiful nest? Who has the best dance? Who has the best feathers? This mm -hmm. the most colorful fish. This, but then with plants. They are super colorful and alluring and have all these pollinators and stuff, not for each other, but for like other species. Please come and sit on me. Please come here. I am so beautiful. I have so much to offer. Yeah, but I think like the entire ecosystem is a collaboration. So we're also part of this collaboration. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I, I find it pretty, pretty inspiring as well. <laughs> and so how how many of these pieces were made for this exhibition oh I've never counted them there's a lot there's a lot of work there is here. a lot but I, it's also sometimes hard to create this division oh this is one artwork oh what is one piece and what is like yeah, yeah a lot of elements also yeah 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 and that's that's the aim that like they're you know mm -hmm. kind of coexisting yeah but you've been painting this kind of like 
genital flowers and stuff for a long time, right? It's not a new motive for you. Yeah, it's been like going on since since a while, I would say. And yeah, then here in that one there is like, for example, this painting is a transhuman plant, and yeah, I've been actually I got this catalog, like Swedish catalog about plant genitals. Mm. And I've been browsing it a lot, like when painting, like when preparing for this show, and yeah, and I've I've had this kind of you know transhuman dream of becoming like literally one with plants. So there is like human body, and it's becoming a plant, and it's like a metaphor. Yeah, it's like a metaphor that we do affect on each other. Yeah, and then. there is this painting on the left. It's actually pretty, you know, sentimental. Or it's the only painting that is blurry here, and it's blurry because it's kind of like, yeah, I would say it's like a bit like conceptualist painting, um, because like those are like it's called berries forged, like berries from the social garden of my auntie forged in two thousands. And it's like a memory because I don't have photo, but I do remember those berries, uh, like currants, sorry, currants. And then like the licking catkins, like the, the tongue licking catkins. What yeah, is that's it the licking? Catkins, this is, is that the what word it's called? for, yeah. Uh, and it's the, it's the little um, very soft white uh, dots on willow branches. Yes, exactly. Peel in Danish. Yeah, exactly. So this is inspired by this uh, yeah ecosexual book by Agnieszka Spielagen. And there has been a moment when people, like when humans have been like leaking those catkins and then also there has been moments that like of making sex with trees. So, yeah. And then here we also have this a bit like transhumanist painting, uh, like uh, body becoming a plant. So yeah, we have this like blossoms growing on humans ba- from humans' body or like mm-hmm. yeah. And we have one breast that has like made roots and become a tree. Yeah, and actually this is. Inspired by an actual tree I've seen in Ljubljana. That looked like this? Yeah, that looked like this. Wow. So, and then again, it makes sense to me, like, this metaphor of breasts feeding us and, like, ecosystem feeding us. And, oh, yeah, I like, really some, powerful. And I have some photos I should show you. I have photos I took of dead trees on the beach in the Andaman Islands in India. And these are they're these dead trees that look like they are having sex, some of them. Interesting. They look like human <laughs> figures having sex almost, yeah. Interesting, yeah. yeah. Then there is this pumpkin. Uh, just, I actually really liked the combination of those two paintings because it does make sense to me, like, you know, hand carrying. Like, there is a hand that there is like some water dropping from this hand on this pumpkin. And yeah, it's two different paintings, but we can imagine that the water would drip from one painting to the other, even though it's just painted droplets. Yes. <laughs> and uh, this So that's hearing the nourishment to the other one? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, like, this hand is also pretty transhuman because there is, like, blossoms growing out of them. 
Mm. Yeah, and then we have this pumpkin, which is like, you know, humans need to care for certain species to grow them to have food. So then there is this breastfeeding us again. Yeah, and it's like very codependent, our relationship with uh, the natural world yeah. in this way. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, I mean, no food, we do not exist without food. So these ropes over here, before these very thick braids of ropes of fabric uh, strands that you I have seen you perform with before, where you crawl around the floor and you like throw these ahead of you like if, as if it was like a, a tentacle arms or or something like this mm-hmm. is that is that you transhumanizing into like a mm-hmm. plant-ish being when you perform yeah. like that yeah, yeah yeah exactly that's kind of like they're extensions of my bodies of mm-hmm. my body and because they're braided so they like refer to humans body in a way and yeah, they, they have been changing my biology when I've been attaching them to the legs. I mean, I had to what kind do you of mean? move. I've, I've been trying to learn or like imagine how would it be to have such long and kind of like such, such structure of, you know, like such extension of like basically. Of your um, limbs. Yeah, yeah. And then yeah. It, it has been affecting the choreography on how to move. Yeah. Yeah. So like learning to move as being another species, like becoming another species. <laughs> yeah, because I remember I curated this Bring Your Own Beamer event with Kino Club where then Camilo was um, performing with these. And I remember you were like, it takes a lot of space when I'm wearing these like ropes connected to my feet and my hands. And so when I move, I like move really large. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. It's, it's quite challenging to move with those properly like you know yeah and then yeah they're also kind of like referring to water a bit because I think like also I find like invertebrates from water pretty inspiring yeah there are also quite a lot of like sea stars and similar in the shapes here and like one that looks like an octopus a little bit yeah this one is actually it's an actual sex toy Okay, so it's pretty realistic. But you painted it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, can you explain how it works? Uh, I haven't used, like, on my own because I don't, like, I would have, I would need to order it, like, from, I don't know, from far away and stuff. Okay. I I might purchase it at some point, but uh, I've been also pretty curious how it works, but it has those, like, small parts coming out and I guess it's vibrating. Okay. So this, this has been like, I just googled, I've been seeing drinking beer with my friends and then I've just googled these eco-sex eco sex toys. Oh, that's and, a thing? Yeah, yeah, and then I found this. <laughs> so it's kind of, there, there is a lot of like in this exhibition, a lot of fetish on nature, which I do have a little bit, like not digging like too deep in my sexual life, but yeah. And yeah, above it there is this um, like plant which is becoming angry because it got a bit too much pesticides and it's, yeah, kind of a metaphor of like plant rebellion. And then I've been mentioning about this Lamrum purpureum because it appears here, it grows out from this uterus and since I drink it for a period it all kind of interconnects again. 
the tea, the herbs. No. Yeah, 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 yeah. The like, yeah, the one that I've been showing to you. Mm. Also, here is the painting of like like the ovaries and stuff, and then there are like there's like a leaf on each. It looks like the ovaries are like with hands, with the hands, but like but like almost like like crab claw hands. Yeah. And then it has like a leaf on each wrist. Yeah. And it's kind of smiling, but in a little bit like villainous way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then there is this like blood roots coming out of it, and mm. then like water as background, and it all kind of supposedly gets together. Maybe in the future, I think I'll if I build if I'll build like an next installation, I will extend it with some roots. Yeah. So that it will connect connect with other parts of the installation. Yeah, but I was because I was about to ask like how do you decide what goes where in a room like this? You bring all these elements and then do you already know which ones belong next to each other or do you just stand in the room and feel like it needs some more blue in this color corner or mm -hmm. so I do like about those I've decided much before. Yeah, like and that is the big hanging vagina we're looking at above and then below is like a cut out canvas vagina we're kind of mirroring them and they're, and it has these blue ropes going out from the sides so it's very ornamental but okay so they they kind of belong together like a centerpiece yeah they do belong together there are different layers of vaginas mm. but about deciding it kind of it, it's been important for me how they relate to each other like for example with this hand and pumpkin mm. that they kind of make sense um, mm. like symbolically that's kind of, that's been actually quite more important for me than visually than for example we have those this painting about sisters sisterhood and Yeah, it's it's a bit inspired by my talks with my friend who has been actually helping me here hanging, and the, yeah, about like kind the of painting we're talking about is like two naked women in a very dark field, and their hands are like their fingers are extending as roots into the soil. Yeah, 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 and they're like growing into the soil or mm -hmm. also trying to take out the hands, so they're kind of connected to the to the soil. And it's also a bit like about how we do feel with our bodies. And then also, like, I've been having, like, issues with bacterial flora in my organism. And especially here in Finland, because it's so sterile here, like, there is a lot of... Like, after COVID a lot as well, when yeah, everything yeah, was yeah. just dipped in disinfection for two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, like, I really need, like, I supplement probiotics and stuff. And I've noticed that when I have more contact with soil then I do have like less issues with this bacterial flora in my organism so hmm. yeah interesting yeah and then there is this like teeth kind of triangular teeth also <laughs> root, rooted like with green roots growing oh so the... that belongs with the painting below it yeah the yeah it was like plants plant. it was planned to go but then you know if I see because during installing I also start to notice different kind of like connections between them so then I can also decide okay this one might go elsewhere and so what if someone wanted to buy one like the, the 
breast pumpkin over here. What if someone wanted to buy that one, but not the hand above that is like giving life to it? Would it then die? Like, could people buy only one of those or do they come as a set? Or maybe they're not no. even for sale? No, I mean, like, ideally I would not sell them, but of course I need to make a living somehow, so selling is kind of welcome. But uh, I do, I mean, even like exhibiting wise, each piece can exist without each other. Like, you know, they're like, even those like small water drops. They can, you know, they can be set in a different manner, and they can for sure function without each other. Mm. Mm. But then, yeah, it's it's kind of a fun. I really love installing because, yeah, I can put the connections uh, together, and you know, like for example, the the air form is over there mm -hmm. because it's relating to this. Um, you know, soil that pumpkin is growing out of, and yeah, and then the waters, for example, they're kind of like coming out of like room corners. Yeah, it's like splashing around yeah, the room. Yeah, yeah, they're splashing around and they. But it's not actually water splashing. It's like painted canvas cut out into little water droplets and placed around the floor and like yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure, like it's metaphorically. It's interesting to me that it's so much about plants and eco-nature systems and uh, like this circular connectedness, but then you could also paint with actual plants, like you could, right, you could just like uh, ground up flower petals and, and then you would have paint that you could use. Or So it's curious for me that you are still using this like artificial material or representation of yeah. these things when it could be much more eco-art yeah. yeah I mean um, I might start using more of like I'm learning because it's not so like I haven't been educated also in that like no one has been no, also it wasn't any critique it's just like an observation yeah. that it's yeah. uh, but it's also for me it's pretty conceptual to kind of you know extend actual like you know, traditionally understood painting uh, for all those metaphors. So mm -hmm. I find it pretty fascinating. So I do enjoy working with it. Definitely, it, it adds something different that it's still, you yeah. know, on canvas and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. So, but like quite a lot of this linen is actually linen is actually quite um, quite eco friendly mm -hmm. because the like sometimes the farmers they plant it. In order to um, cleanse out the soil out of toxins, because that's how linen grows, mm -hmm. and yeah. So it's it's. I I always try to affect with my activity as less as possible, but then, yeah, I I do enjoy working with like I mean ceramics is for example not that sustainable. You know you need to burn it and stuff. But after all, like. All our activities, they leave any like some kind of footprints, and I feel like already working, like or like I think global warming is such a complex problem that it kind of uh, requires from us um, more metaphoric thinking and like yeah, not so straightforward and more complex kind of solutions. 
Yeah, I mean, personally, I think I'm a little bit more on like the nihilistic side of all this and thinking that one person's actions is not actually where the root of the problem it's mm-hmm. more like an industrial complex uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's uh, it's more on like side of like larger capitalist uh, structures in the world yeah. and, and but I do think it is always existentially valid to have this consciousness with you in everything you do so yes thinking about how water moves and then knowing like thinking about water in your everyday life or thinking about plants and soil and so even if it doesn't like uh, changes the way that you interact with the world I think just having the consciousness about something with you in your mind Mm -hmm. is still valuable just like as like a, some kind of existential performative uh, practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think like then it can affect like the way we think. It can affect on our political choices, for example. Mm-hmm. So you know, but just a like different awareness. Also, also. Yeah. if you think about some things, you will see other things in a different way. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, but like also technique-wise, technique-wise, mm-hmm. like the. the the techniques that I use, uh, I find it actually pretty fun to because I try to recycle. Like in my studio, I try to recycle everything, and mm. so like many of them are like from recycling. So so, so it it kind of like inspires me, like also conceptually. I would say like the the idea of recycling itself. So do you sometimes recycle works and turn them into new works? Yeah, for sure. Sure. And then that's why I also like there are kind of modules that can function with each other and also like space-wise because this is also a, like a question of sustainability in terms of storing artworks and transporting them. So I try to like create those models that can you know, be stored in a way that it's easier to transport it or like for example this entire exhibition I've been actually transporting through public like with public transport. I didn't order a van because it was more like was more convenient. And also I mean some of your paintings are rather big but not that big. So you can still carry them. Yeah 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 and also the the sizes they I actually do not decide the size that much on my own, I just use the stretchers that I find, like either in Kerets or I buy from someone who does not want like the stretchers. And stretchers being the wooden structure of a canvas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, yeah. the frames or like mm. the, the backside. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So yeah, but it's all in general. Like I would, I wanted to mention also at some point that it's like this kind of. Extend body positivity also in a way over mm. here, yeah. How do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, like for example, in that painting, like the you know, like how kind of women's body, woman's body is. There is a lot of negativity around it, and um, kind of trying to force our body to look differently than it is in like reality. Mm. So then I kind of find it quite connected to the way how we try, like, for example, how humans try to shape their gardens, that it looks pretty artificial. And then if we kind of feel comfortable with ecosystem and with our body, it's, I think it's a good thing to have it. 
So like how all the breasts that are hanging by the door, like we talked about before, the onion tits and stuff, they're like super long, like hanging as if, uh, you know, how old ladies have really long hanging breasts. So these ones are hanging very low. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're low and they're also quite... Saggy. Shrinks they're saggy and wrinkly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's interesting what you said before about nature being like um, controlled and stuff. So... My late grandfather was an art historian by education, and so from him I learned that um, you can see a shift in how gardens are treated um, with mm. like Renaissance gardens, mm. is when they start being with all these little uh, organized uh, arrangements of flowers and like straight lines of things and really like the hedges are like ornamental and super like cut into shapes and all of this and it's very square and it's very controlled yeah, yeah. Uh, so like anthropocentric yeah. so these type of like renaissance gardens and stuff but that's um so my grandfather taught me about like literature that you can also there's a difference in how li uh, the nature is described in a lot of literature mm -hmm. like pre this and then pre and post renaissance mm -hmm. times that nature used to be often described as something like mystical and scary and dangerous and big and dark you know the forest and ooh, wild because it was uncontrollable and yeah, like yeah. humans would go into nature and die kind of you yeah, know yeah, yeah. Uh, and then like post renaissance and stuff and like this romanticism in the 1800s and stuff mm -hmm. it's all about like going into nature and being inspired and like finding the true essence of life and meeting God in the sky and stuff, you know, like in the trees that you can feel God's presence and it's so romantic and you're in love with everything. And it's because like, yeah, humans started taking control about nature and started shaping it and like putting it to a level where humans did not feel threatened by it. So then suddenly it could have a different symbolic uh, role in our like mentality also. It's quite interesting. Yeah, and then also like feeling, you know, you're controlling it, but in a way you're also losing control. Like as we've lost the control with the global warming. Well, yeah, now a few more yeah. hundred years have yeah. passed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But it's all like, it's all been progressing. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. There is this painting, which is like an angry sunflower and it's about growth. And in my experience of seeing sunflower like dead sunflowers like just dried sunflowers like fields like entire fields of it like mm -hmm. once like mm, traveling through central europe so yeah yeah it's a sunflower which is a very cartoonish drawn painted and it's very pink and pretty the sky but then the sunflower has fangs yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice Okay, I think we got pretty well around, and time-wise, it has almost been two hours. Okay, great. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so, was there anything that I forgot to ask you, more something you wanted to mention, or maybe you want to have some apple from the installation? It's actually an edible uh, installation. Uh, oh yeah, it's like a, a crochet uh, thing, and it's under cool. there is a ball, and then like there's all these apples. Which is sexually a very potent uh, symbolic thing that you are offering your guests apples to like lure them into your sexual cave here. Oh. Yes. <laughs> Please take an apple and then uh, 
sexuality on the way yeah, out. Yeah, we have this intimacy moment with apples. Which is also very like talking about binary uh, religious stuff, like you know, that like Eva actually ate the apple and then became like a sexual woman and Adam didn't swallow properly, which is why he has an Adam's apple, but it's also why he was not the one who was corrupted and became yeah, like a sex person. Yeah, like toxic apple. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, maybe I will bring one home. But um, where can the, I guess when this comes out, the exhibition will be over, but um, do you have any website or social media where the listeners can find you? So I have Instagram, it's Kamila Damslide Sladowska, S-L-A-D-O-W-S-K-A. And then I have a website, uh, it's kamilavivasladowska.com. So and we will, you can see more updates there. And we will add some links and then if you want we can ask your collaborators that have we have talked about if they have links to their websites that we want to add as well. Yes, yes, for sure we'll add about Kristina Tukra, Margaret Blatovich and Robert Prokopovich, mm-hmm. uh, the collaborators from the Herbru instrument. And we do collaborate in other projects a lot as well. So yeah, you should check the show notes, there should be links. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you. Thank you for the interview or like the talk. Yeah, sure. It was nice to be here in your, uh, like, it was very uplifting, bright, pastelish colors. But it's, uh, yeah, even though the light is super strong in here, it has been very nice. Like, uh, it's dark outside, but we've been sitting here in your flower garden. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the transhuman flower garden. Yeah. Okay, um, so yeah, thank you to Camila Sladowska. I'm Senia Ram, your hostess, and uh, thanks for listening. Thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed it.